Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, thank you so much for joining us once again. We always appreciate you listening in and this week is a good one because we have had two explosive games. Well, you can say explosive games. We had one amazing game that has now put us into the final and one midweek training match. And that's basically what's happened this week. Uh, I'm going to complain to Sky that I'm having to pay my subscription to watch Liverpool's training matches during the week because I don't think that's on. But that's a side issue, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But how's the week been, Ammo? What's been going on? And did you enjoy those matches? Oh, what can I say? Um, you know, fo- football, just for the second, absolutely amazing as Liverpool fans. Um, aside myself, man, all good. The summer is coming in. Things are looking good. Um, I'm looking forward to going to the derby this weekend as a... A VIP customer, um, or VIP fan. My partner got me for Christmas, so big shout out to Larissa there. Um, and we're just coming in the, in, in the greatest you know, of form at the moment, which is brilliant. The summer is coming, and it's the most important month for Liverpool Football Club. Um, but what, what I do want to ask before we go straight into football is, we're not actually recording this podcast from our usual locations uh, you know, in in in, in the island of Ireland right now, are we? Where are you, Danny, and what are you up to? I know, like we're having a bit of a travel this week, aren't we? So, like, yeah, I'm I'm away with work at the minute. So, I was I was down in the south of Ireland. I've got the ferry across, and I'm currently in South Wales. Uh, I've been here since Friday, um, so I've been here just over a week. And then I'm travelling up to Liverpool tomorrow. You're also travelling across to Liverpool, so you will see. Obviously, this goes out on the Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, doesn't it? And um. You will start to see on our social media on Sunday that all being well, me and Ammo are going to meet up outside the ground on Sunday before him and his money bags missus goes to his VIP <laughs> Derby Day tickets. Uh, and I go watch it on the TV at my mum's house. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> just a, a declaration of how much she loves me. I'll just put it like that. Um, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, to pay that sort of money. VIP tickets and all. Like, I know, uh, I know. Well, this is the thing. Do not lose that one. <laughs> I, I just can't wait, but I tell you, it'll be an exciting moment to be outside Anfield together for the mm. first time. 
um, getting a bit of footage for our, our promo for our podcast next year and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be exciting to see each other face to face for once in our hectic lives. Um, but yeah, so you're Wales at the moment. Um, we've both had a rare privilege of being able to see both Liverpool games gone by in full. Yep. Being able to text each other. We haven't had to complain, have we, Danny? Let's let's get let's get to football. <laughs> it has just been ridiculous, hasn't it? Like I think we've said we've said a few times on this podcast about the fact that Liverpool are grinding out results and getting results. But I think Jamie Carragher kind of summed it up last night that Liverpool seems to have that fire back. And we we start off with the City game. We we were sort of saying about our, how we can't really analyse two City games because it's going to be two games that are exactly the same. But it wasn't. Liverpool kind of came flying out the blocks. And I know people will be listening to this going, oh, but Man City had changed team. They didn't have the same players. This is a team that like spent millions and millions of pounds that have got probably the second, I think they were saying, the second most expensive team in the league, that team that they actually put out in the FA Cup. So we're not looking at just like random boys from the academy playing here. We're looking at top-class professionals that are playing for City. And Liverpool just kind of blew them away, didn't he? What was your... What was your thought watching that match, Emma? Once you're off mute, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what we did. Um, we we did blow them away, and um, what well, people say this about City, but they still had eleven international players field in the field. They still had the, the substitute bench that was probably the most expensive in history. Yeah, and if you look at Liverpool's last two games against City and United, we did barely made any changes because we knew that what how the games mattered. And I think there was an argument we said that Pep Guardiola prioritised the Premier League and uh, Premier League and Champions League, which is a major risk considering, you know, Man City have no pedigree in the Champions League, but you can see why they want it so much. But the game in itself, many a times this season and other seasons gone by, Liverpool have done that to many teams. City kind of did it to us in the last fixture. Only we kind of held on and got the equaliser, which is, you know, a bit of brilliant play from Salah and Manny scored. But, um, in this particular game, it was just, again, the front three just played amazing and we blew them away. Um, midfield, Thiago and Fabinho and the fullbacks, and they just couldn't deal with us. And you can, I don't think the likes of Aki had the best of a game in the history hmm. uh, of, of the life and stuff like that, but we just blew them away. And okay, we held on a little bit towards the end. They scored straight after the half, half, after half time, which is a bit worrying. And they got the second goal towards the end. So we, we held on a little bit towards the end, but as Jürgen Klopp said, Manchester City are one of the biggest challenges in world football. And we kind of blew them away and did the game. And um, it's just an old scenario with Liverpool, isn't it? When the front three turn up, whoever they are, you know, we win the game. And it doesn't matter who we're playing. And uh, another cup final against Chelsea, another cup final. Danny, we're in a situation where if we win the, the next two games in the Champions League, which we'll, we'll come to in the second part of the podcast, we would have played like the maximum number of games that Liverpool could ever play in a season. Yeah. And I just don't want to say it's so hard to analyze that Liverpool City game because we just blew them away and the game was over before it kind of started, really, wasn't it? Yeah, for me, I think we've got which we'll speak about in in terms of both games. But Liverpool aren't the best at game management in terms of seeing out games, and I think we've seen that we've we've seen that a little bit in the United game that we're going to talk about in a minute. But you've seen it especially in the City game with how we allowed City to get back in against top teams. Game management is hard to do, especially with a team like ours, because they're so passionate about pushing forward and pressing and wanting to score goals that suddenly getting them to sit back and pass around and try and do what City do and see out games. I think Liverpool aren't the best at it. I think that's the only reason that we ended up 
in the situation that we did at the end of that game with City, that, that they sort of got those two goals, came back into it, it got a little bit edgy towards the end, a little bit nerve-wracking, but like at the end of the day, as I said, first half, when we were playing the way Liverpool likes to play, we completely blew them away. I think you've got to, you've got to mention that goalkeeping error. Like, I was just happened? about to, yeah. What happened during that? It's it's just a prime example of a goalkeeper trying to be the first choice goalkeeper and City trying to play a certain way. And th- 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 this argument crept up about seven, eight years ago when Joe Hart left City. Because Joe Hart was at City and he'd won the league, he, he won the FA Cup or whatever it was, and he'd done nothing wrong. He was England's number one. And, you know, Pep Barrioli come in and he was just like, right, then, nah, you're not that good with your feet, so you're getting rid of you. And he went alone. Then he ended up at one stage at Burnley's number two, you know? And he he brought Bravo in and I think Caballero. And so he's got this, this second choice goalkeeper now that he's just, he's just not Edison. Mm. Do you know? And that's the problem. And he, the two games are parallel, aren't they? Where Edison had the ball on the line, so calm. And I forget if it's a Stefan, Stefan's your man's name, did the same. And Manny slid in. And Jürgen Klopp probably said that. Listen, the goalkeeper's not used to playing in big, big games at you know, Wembley and big yeah. games from Manchester City. Put pressure on the keeper. Manny did what he did. And I have to say, I have to give a shout out to your favourite player at the moment, Danny. Because I, I know how much you love Manny. And I'm not saying that he was kind of fading off for his Liverpool career, it was over. But he just wasn't quite hitting the heights of what he, he was in previous seasons. The same with Salah recently, but I would say over the last five, six weeks where Salah's not been scoring goals, Mane has just stepped up. And just, you know, fair play to Sadio Mane because he's just, he's been unbelievable recently. He really has. Yeah, last two games especially, he's been really, really good. Showing that sort of old fire that he had, I suppose, because we said, we said a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, that we feel that Luis Diaz is the Sadio Mane of five years ago. And, yeah. But Mane, since coming in, he's, he's gone in that number nine role. And he's, it seems to have rejuvenated him a bit. He's maybe not having to do as much running. But when he does run, it means he's lightning quick. And he's just getting into the right positions, scoring the right goals. And as you said... I think it was a calamity of errors with the goalkeeper. I think John Stones fizzed that ball into him really quick, but then he was too busy looking at where he wanted the ball to go rather than looking at where it came from. And Mane just came flying in, and it was there to be won. Um, so yeah, but but I just find it interesting. I suppose it's worth asking you before we move on to the United game. Like we think of like Kevin Kelleher and we think of Adrian and ones like that. Like I feel like when we watch them play, they are getting better and better. Because they're training alongside Allison and seeing the way that he plays, seeing what he does, and they're learning from him. What do you think's going on in the City camp that Edison is so good, but all of their second choice keepers just don't seem to be able to be at that standard? Like, do they, does he train separately? Does he train on his own? Like, what's going on? I don't know because I don't know an awful lot about Stefan, to be honest with you. Um, they've had Bravo in the past that I mentioned, didn't we? And then Joe Hart was number two for a season and stuff. Um, it seems to me like. He, he, he just Guardiola made a mistake. I, I heard on another podcast that three of the, the normal back forward out with Kyle Walker um, and Diaz and stuff. So maybe with the fact that they changed two or three of the back four, they should have just kept Edison in. That's that like stability. Yeah. You know, look at what happened to Liverpool last season. But I think he just made a point of right. Okay, we had an intense game against Atletico Madrid, and we're just going to make changes. And um, I hope it works out because he'd rather have fresher legs than better legs. But yeah. then there's an argument to be said because as they will talk about the United game, Liverpool only made a couple of changes with City and United. And I don't know, I don't know how you manage this. How how do you manage 
you know, all these games come thick and fast. That's all you hear people going about, you know, Klopp's and Guardiola, the team, you know, mental pressure, physical pressure, like these are athletes and, and uh, how do you get them to, to, what's the word, to produce under pressure and produce mm. under the fatigue. So he, he's obviously made the decisions. You, you've got to blame Guardiola to a degree, but you can also praise Liverpool and Klopp because we had that game against Benfica where we rested some boys, but yeah. the, we still did the job. Do you know what I mean? You know, Milner played, he hasn't played in about six months, you know. And boys like that, Canarte coming in, I mean, done a good job, you know, against City and then back in the midweek against United, Matty coming. And you think, oh, it's Canarte becoming the first race regular, but nah, Matty was just getting a rest because he's injury. Mm. It's managing the squad you have, isn't it? And what all I can say now is that Jürgen Klopp seems to have managed the squad better than City's. Yeah. And I suppose that's as the as the final point on it. That's the thing is that we talk about pressure in games. We're, we're coming into the last final run of games now. Um, one point between us. All it takes is not even like one team needs to lose. One draw and the other team's got it. And that's it. And there's some big games going to be coming up against teams that are that are battling in different ways. Obviously, there's enough to be said about the fact that if it's still one point on the final day of the season, I think there's a lot to be said, bias or non-bias, for the fact that City are playing against Villa. And I yep. think Gerard will do all he can to win that game um, or at least get some form of result. But there's so much pressure. Do you think, coming up, because obviously... It's all you've also got to be conscious. I think everyone says City's got the better run of games, but they've also got two ties against Real Madrid here coming up. Do you think that Guardiola's priority, because you've got to manage games well, do you think his priority is going to be on the Champions League because City have never won it? He puts himself yeah. down in history there. And do do you think that's what's going to give Liverpool the chance to creep in? Absolutely. That's what he's done in the FA Cup. He's clearly picked five or six players on the first team players. You know, because he's prioritised the league and the Champions League. And um, he's won, you know, he's won the FA Cup, he's, he's won the League Cup. He's, he's basically, like, Liverpool haven't won the FA Cup, that's another argument. If you're trying to be non-biased towards Liverpool fans, but, uh, Liverpool team, sorry. But yeah, no, nah, he is, he's prioritised in the Champions League. It may play to our advantage, but, you know, we'll talk about this in the second part of the podcast. VRL, I mean, no gimme neither. When you get into the last four, Europe, um, you know, it's still it's going to be difficult no matter what. Real Madrid have come, you know, they, they are the creme la creme of Europe. Real Madrid, I think they've got what nine European cups. So that's off the top of my head. Mm. They could be wrong, but I think there's only really them and AC Milan ahead of Liverpool, isn't it? So the, 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 in a the league themselves type of thing. But yeah, they're obviously prioritising it. But the perfect scenario for me would be Liverpool and City final. Liverpool win in the Champions League final. We pit them in the last game of the season. We win the FA Cup, and you just sit there and go, right, right, boys, right, everyone, right. Liverpool fans, we've just won all four cups. We've beat our rival in the finals and the semi-finals. Um, it doesn't get much better than this, so I'm going to go and support. I don't know. I'm going to start being a, a bowling fan. I don't know because <laughs> it'll never get better ever. Do you know what I mean? And the fans are back as well. So yeah. there you go. But yeah, not in answer to your question, Danny. Yeah, it's obvious that he's prioritising the Champions League. Yeah, so it's it's going to be an interesting run in, as you said. Celtic are the only club in history uh, to have ever won a, a quadruple. Um, so that is going to put us in a massive bracket. It, it, it's not even worth saying the fact that we could end up just finishing the season with a Carabao Cup with a few wrong results. But I think that our, our team's too good for that to happen. But as we look into this league, we've got a few games left of the season. I think when you look at Liverpool's fixture list, the two games that stood out was United and Everton. And we, I was talking to a few lads yesterday while I was down here. So I was chatting to a few boys um, down in Wales here who are big Liverpool fans. And we were saying about the fact that Watching that game last night, the build-up was because of who the teams are. 
where I think that United team just didn't deserve the build-up. I've never, like, we've played United with some bad, bad teams, but I have never seen a United team or a Liverpool team roll over the way that, that United team did last night. What, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I know we've only got a few minutes to talk about United. As Gary Neville said quite rightly, the, the fixture on paper is a big game, but the teams are miles apart. Um, and I'm just, I just want to ask you a question before I go into like the dynamics of the game. Who gave United a bigger drilling? Was it Liverpool or Gary Neville? Because, oh my <laughs> God, it was like he was just ranting for 19 minutes, wasn't it? The team aren't good enough. The team don't want to know. But he, he's, he's, he's right. You know, I don't think we're a Liverpool football club podcast. You know, Johnny's bitty today, so we couldn't get him on. But I think even Johnny, you know, he's, he's the hardest core United fans out there. I don't think any football fan could sit there and say Liverpool were amazing last night. Mm. We, we were efficient. We did the job. We put the ball in that when we had to. The top front three played well. Thiago was just... No, am I allowed to say sexual? I'm, I'm saying that Thiago was just sexual. He was just <laughs> unbelievable. Like, sorry for the, the listeners on the radio on a Saturday morning there. That's probably going to complete. But he was just fantastic, let's say that. Magical. But United were just horrendous. Like, and The thing about Liverpool United... One of the biggest things for me moving to the, the island of Ireland and the small town I live in, the crack and the banter between Liverpool and United fans is just unbelievable. As so now it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, we're crap. All right, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to get beat. I don't expect nothing else. Oh, we're crap. And it's just, it's not even like, there's not even no banter no more. And as I say, on paper, it was a big fixture. But I, I would argue to say now that City is a bigger fixture. Liverpool City is a bigger fixture than United Liverpool. And... You've got the history, I. But you know, you don't win cups for history. Liverpool know that better than anyone. Yeah. And yeah, about the game, Danny, it was just like men and boys, wasn't it? That's all I can say. And them United players should be ashamed of themselves. One thing I will say before you, like we kind of discuss a little bit more. Fair play to Liverpool Football Club and the fans on the seventh minute. You mm. know, our thoughts go out to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and, and his his um, family there. That that day is beyond football, and it was good to see such an intense rivalry be put aside for a minute. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I got, I got like a, a bit of, you know, overwhelming feeling when I seen that happen. That was just unbelievable. So fair play to um, Anfield and, you know, the, the crowd last night. But yeah, the game was just men and boys, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I totally agree with you. And like, we're not going to get into it because we haven't got too long at all. Like, But yeah, as somebody that obviously has, has lost a child myself, like some things are bigger than football. And it was good that, that you're able to show that. And I think United over the years... Um, to their own due, you've got to give them the city of Manchester as a whole. They've done a lot in terms of supporting Hillsborough and different things yep. like that. And it's good to be able to to show that solidarity, that, that some things are more important than football, and especially northern working-class cities. We are we are all together, um, especially in moments like that. So it was good to show it. But yeah, it must be hard as a United fan, you're saying about the banter over here in Northern Ireland. It must be hard because... There was times when United would have absolutely smashed us in games and they there was one time they beat us 4-0 and different things like that. But you looked at our team on paper and thought, we don't have much here. Like We're playing De Senna and we're playing Salaf Diaw and, and all these different players. El Hadji Juf was playing in games. You're looking at players going, yeah, they're not, they're not much. You're looking at that United team on paper, like Paul Pogba, Sancho, 
Uh, you've got Varane, you've got Maguire, you've got all these different boys. Like, don't get like Phil Jones. Phil Jones. I was going to say Phil Jones. Entire podcast on the fact that he started Phil Jones. Like, what is going on? But that, Danny, that, that wasn't fair on Phil Jones. Really, if you think about it, it wasn't fair starting him in a game like that. That yes, he's played one game in about two years. Yeah, and yeah. It's but it must be fair. hard because on paper they look like a world class team. They've got they've got World Cup winners in that team, European Cup winners, multiple league winners, all the rest of it. And what you've seen there was a Liverpool team that for me personally, and, and people might disagree, we watched a Liverpool team that didn't come out of second gear. And even when managing the game, and um, we didn't manage the game very well, we made a lot of mistakes in the second half, they still didn't look like they had a chance of scoring. They had Sideshow Bob came on for about 20 minutes there at the end, didn't he? And was just going around booting boys. But apart from him, like nobody else looked like they cared about that game. But yeah, Gary Neville was having a heart attack over it. This boy showed more commitment than the rest of the team. What I will say is I can't remember Liverpool United game being so, so easy and Liverpool yeah. beating them so, so easy since, well, the last Liverpool United game where we beat them so, so, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, what, like the kind of say, words and what I will say is just welcome back to the party, Mohamed Salah. That's all I can say. Oh, it was good. It was good to see him back and good to see him playing well. And as we said, we're coming into this last string of the season and it's just, it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan, isn't it? We're one point off the league, still in all the cups. Man United are playing awful. Everton are potentially being relegated. Everything is good. So it, it's good to see it coming. And let's just hope that this Everton game on Sunday is going to be as easily done what the United game was yesterday. But we're going to take a little break here. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, we keep saying it every week, the fixtures are coming thick and fast. And again, you don't win games on paper. And we've got two very tough games coming up in the Merseyside derby on Sunday, which I will be at. And Danny will be soaking up the atmosphere, which we've previously discussed. And then Villarreal in the Champions League, you know, under Un Miami. So first of all, Danny, let's talk a little bit about Everton. Um, let's try not to be critical. Let's try not to laugh. Let's not try to say things like Fat Frank and the going down. Let, let, let's try and be logical and, you know, let's put our professional punditry heads on here. Um, Liverpool, Everton. Everton fighting for their lives still in relegation. Liverpool fighting for the title. Would it not be, like, the biggest achievement of Everton's season by, if they beat Liverpool, that practically secures them in the league? And it also probably stops us from winning the league title. So it's just not what Everton fans just breathe and die for. A, a game like this to ruin our title our title bid. It's a game like this where no matter what happens in Everton's season, if they get a result against Liverpool, it, it stops us from winning the league and it's like the result of their season and they will party like there's no tomorrow, won't they? Yeah, it's good. Like, like, well, to be fair, I feel like last week we could have said the exact same thing about United, but then we watched the way they completely crumbled down. And yeah, you just you wonder, like at the minute, the thing is, is that you wonder what Everton team is going to come out. And I think most Everton fans would agree with that. You're watching Everton come in and play games where they're playing really well, they're grinding out, getting results, getting draws or whatever. And then the next week you're watching them play a team and they look like they can't be bothered. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of Everton team we actually see. Um... I think for me, it's hard to put the punditry hat on because the Liverpool goggles are firmly on at the minute. 
But I just I just can't see anything else other than us absolutely slaughtering them. They're playing so ad hoc at the minute. You don't know what Everton team's going to turn up. And Liverpool, for me, has sort of re-engaged that fire that they have in the play. Um, so I, I can't see anything more than a than the Liverpool win coming out of this. But but I, but, but I might be wrong. But to be honest, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think everyone would say that. But then again, like Gary Neville said against United, football games and football fixtures aren't as hard on paper. It's as hard to turn up on the day. And it is their cup final. It's their chance to pure go for it. So it's one of them where... And with me being at the match as well, um, the last match I was at was Liverpool AC Milan. And mm. we were getting beat 2-1 at half-time. And it was it was a bit of a, a, you know, a bit of a kind of fear, thinking, oh, no, I'm at this game now. And will he make changes? Will he not make changes? I don't know. I mean, between Tuesday and Sunday, there's a four-day period there. So you'd like to think they could have a recovery day, maybe a day training, another recovery day, and he should be fresh and firing for Everton. But with VAL coming up as well, that's going to be in the back of your class mind. But for me, it's going to. Be, I think Everton Football Club are going to try harder than what Manchester United did. At the end of the day, there's a point made about Manchester United players that are going to be leaving at the end of the season. Blah blah blah. It looks like uh, Frank Lampard is still going to be there next season, yeah. and it looks like the you know the players have got a future that they're fighting for. So they're going to have some fight, aren't they, Danny? If nothing else, Everton players are going to put themselves about. Yeah, I think they will. I think that that's that's a given that with the fans and with the club, and they know how big a game this is. That this for the players, the player, the reputation they've got at the minute, the way they're playing, they know that this could potentially soften the criticism that they're getting from their own fans and stuff if they can beat Liverpool. It it, it paves over a lot of cracks if they can do that. Um, so I think they're going to come out. They're going to come out all guns blazing. But we've also got to remember that this isn't a nothing game for Liverpool. We know that we have to win to ground that results. So it's not like Liverpool are just coming along and just hoping to not get beat by Everton. We're coming out flying to try and win this game because, one, we know the history, we know what it means to the to the fans, to the club, and also because it keeps us in that title race with City. So I think what we're going to see is two teams that are coming out fighting, but a, a Liverpool team that is just going to blow Everton out of the water and I think very much taken off the punditry hat. What I want to see is Liverpool slaughter Everton, Rafa Benitez get the job at Burnley, keep them up at the sake of Everton, and job done. And it'll be a happy day. <laughs> this is it. And then all you need is a Coutinho last-minute goal against City in the last game of the season. You just, we've got it all worked out, haven't we, Danny? It's all, the story's written. Story's yeah, written. Like, what, what are we even doing here? Like, you know, it's just going to happen. And, you know, then as I say, we can just retire at the top. But, you know, jokes aside, I'm going to be there and come 7, 8 o'clock on Sunday, my voice will probably be lost. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll hopefully I'll be having a few celebratory drinks while you're on your long journey back to um, back to Ireland, and we can both reminisce over over text because I know you've got a lot a long, long, long drive. But speaking about a long, long, long drive, it's been a long, long season with lots of games, <laughs> and straight after Everton, we've got Villarreal in the Champions League. Now we got Benfica, and on paper, I keep saying this, don't we? On paper. It was it was the easiest fixture, and we got through. It was comfortable enough in the end, but we had there was moments, wasn't there, where we were scared. Vrl, this Unai Emery guy, he's won the um, Europa League four times, I think, mm. and um, you know he's brought Vrl. They've only got a population of fifty thousand people in the whole town to the last four of the Champions League. Absolutely, no one is expecting Vrl to beat us. The pressure is on Liverpool. And um, it's going to be a tough fixture. Um, how how do you see that that? High going in general, Danny. Uh, I think I think we we've got to be honest and say it's probably the easiest tie of, the, of of that round. I think we've got to say that Villarreal are kind of 
on and off this season. They're just sitting seventh in the league at the minute. They're just outside of any European places for next season. Um, so the reality is, is that as much as people are going, oh, it's the easiest tie, it's the easiest tie, potentially as they come towards the end of the season, they're looking at non-European football next year. So the Champions League is their way in. It's the only thing that they can do now. So for me, what we're going to see is a Villarreal team that is going to come out of the block and they are going to be fighting for this. Because as I said, if they finish the league the way it looks like it's going to go, they look like they're going to finish outside of those places. So they have to do well in this competition. So I think we need to not take it for granted to not think that we're just going to walk over them because we're going to see a Villarreal that are fighting for their life in this game. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than we think. I think Liverpool will do well, but but it wouldn't surprise me if this first tie finishes 1-0. Well, I well, that's the thing, obviously. And the, um, it's at Anfield, which can go in Liverpool's favour. You know, they've been... Everton and United have both been at Anfield, so we've played three games in, in home um, in a row. So that, that, that could help, but they've got some danger. Like your man up front, uh, Moreno, um, obviously an old, I wouldn't say favour coming back to Anfield, but uh, Moreno left back. I think he's actually injured, um, but you know, I think he'll be with the, the travelling party and he's left stuff on social media. So it's going to be a tough, tough game, but would it be in Anfield? Do you hope that we can do what we did against Benfica and get a two or three goal cushion and then the second leg? which is the following week, we can kind of rest a few boys. Would that be, the, again, the dream scenario, Danny? That's the dream, isn't it? But I think the difference in the previous round was that the uh, the second the second leg was at Anfield. The difference is that the first leg's at Anfield with this one, so it's going to be a little bit more of a difficult one because do you really rest players when you're going away from home? We know the potential that a, an atmosphere, what an atmosphere can do to a team. And if you look at a, a Villarreal team that are fighting for their life and it's maybe even 2-0, do you do you risk resting players in in a game like that? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like obviously the reality is we'd love it to be like another four 0 like we did against United there, and then that does give you the chance to rest. But I think what we can say is that even if Klopp decides to rest some boys and decides to change it up a little bit, like who's he bringing on? He's bringing on Kaita. He's bringing on Jota. He's bringing on Canate. He's bringing on Gomez potentially. All these different players like. Are we really looking at them going, oh, like, oh, no, he's bringing on the second string team here? Well, we're looking at really top class players that have had a really good impact this season. So I think even if Klopp does decide to change it about, we're in a very, very good position at the minute that we have world class international players on the pitch and on the bench. So I think we're in a good position either way. Well, that's it. <laughs> I think you're putting it down there saying we're in a very good position I think we're in the best position that you can hope for we're literally sitting here with the last seven games in every single cup competition having won one in another final <laughs> about this what we're, we're dealing with now is we've never experienced this as Liverpool fans have we? ever do you know I think this is why know? I'm sitting I think this is why I'm still sitting on the bench because I'm just I'm still so like in awe of it believe. That, I, that I keep thinking in the back of my head you hear, you hear it in the first half of the podcast it's like oh we might just walk away with just a Carabao Cup this season I think I'm just so used to to, to Liverpool that we like don't want to get our hopes up too much that, that we can't quite fathom just how good this team is that we're watching at the minute that's it there's you typical sitting on the fence and you have been like don't want to do this in my head I'm like I'm following the bus with the four trophies in, <laughs> down down the promly that's you know that's rounding <laughs> on my head you know? <laughs> it's it's joking, geez. but at the same time, you know, we've both watched football long enough, and we've both seen enough things in football to know that even this Everton game the weekend can go wrong. You know, you look at last week the Championship derby beating Fulham, and Fulham were about to win the league, and yeah. there's so much that can potentially go on. But what I will say just before we go, um, 
if I could have a little... I'm not going to ask you about VRA because it's so hard to predict games that are coming up after another game. But what I will for, ask you for the derby is before we go a little score prediction, then I'll give mine then. I'm going to go... like I can't see anything other than... I'm going to go 4-1. I think Liverpool will win it 4-1. I do think Everton will get a goal. I think they've got the capacity to get a goal. They've got a good team there. Um, but I, I think away from home, Everton have been really poor all season. Um, so I think, that, I think they'll crumble. I don't think they can handle what Liverpool are throwing at them at the minute. I do think they'll get a goal, but I think Liverpool will dominate. I'm going to say 4-1. Well, there you go. And I'm actually going to be very close to what you're saying. I'm going to go with a 3-1 victory um, against Everton in the derby. And what I will say is, hopefully by the time we next record the podcast, I'll still have my voice because no, no, me. I'm going to the Liverpool match this Sunday. I um, I won't keep my gob shut. It's my, it's my chance to let it all out. But what I will say is, again, it's a very exciting time to be a Liverpool fan. Wherever you are in the world, listen to this podcast. Just know that me and Danny are just as excited, and we're feeling the feelings that you are. And it's just let's just embrace it, enjoy it. And yeah, guys, listen, we've been there. You'll never walk alone. Um, it's going to be a huge, huge week again. Liverpool Football Club but there you go but in the meantime thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL, Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.